Welcome to Media Update. This is Phoenix Podcast number two, celebrating the launch of Supreme League of Patriots with the voice talent behind the game. Invited guests Eric Fox, Sax Holtzman, Sandra Spinoza, Lucas Schunemann, and Phil Engs. previous podcast, we revise the design behind the Supreme League of Patriots. This time around, we get to explore the talent that brings Phil Ings' world to life. We had the opportunity to sit down and meet Eric Box, who does the voice of Kyle, along with Zach Holtzman, who does the voice for the Purple Patriot. And of course, Melvin, who is voiced by Phil Ings, also the game developer for the point-and-click Supreme League of Patriots. We brought the mind and voice of the Patriot in this one podcast episode. If we could somehow add a point-and-click interface, you could pretty much call this Supreme League of Patriots episode 3.5. Kyle Giver is a main character throughout most of the first episode. He is a nice guy who always tries to do the right thing despite not being the smartest person around. When he was auditioning for a superhero reality TV show, he got hit in the head one too many times and now he thinks he's the Purple Patriot. The Purple Patriot is Kyle's alter ego. He's obnoxious, homophobic, racist, and oh, so much more. Kind of all the things that you love to hate and hate to love. He becomes the icon of everything that's wrong and all of the things that nobody should ever say. And of course, there's Mel, the Patriot's British sarcastic sidekick. He's definitely my favorite character. I love his humor, I love his attitude, and I love how he put up with everything the Patriot does. We also include Sandra Espinosa and Lucas Schunemann in a different segment in which, with the help of Phil, we continue to explore the voices behind Consuela and the Cold War Warrior. We couldn't get them all together in the same clip because of their time availability, but hey, we're happy we could get them at all. Consuela is a purple patriot's nightmare. She's sassy, passionate, and apologetic. She makes no doubt in letting her dislike of the purple patriot known to everyone, especially to him. Cold War Warrior is an ex-KGB villain with superpowers. He left Russia because things were getting a bit too peaceful over there, so he decided to move to the US and look for more exciting career opportunities as a government receptionist. Supreme League of Patriots is available now on Steam, GOG, Humble Store, and of course, our own Phoenix Store. And now, here we've got all of our favorite characters ready to celebrate with us. Alright, I think we're ready to get started. It is my pleasure to introduce today the voices behind one of the most obnoxious characters yet today. 
However, <laughs> the talent that makes the Purple Pacer are a few of the most charming and charismatic people we have ever met. So today we welcome Eric Fox, Zach Hoffman, and again, the Purple Mastermind behind the Supreme League of Patriots, Phil Ings. Hello, I'm Zach, and I'm the Purple Patriot. Hi, I'm Eric Fox, and I play Kyle. Hi, I'm Phil Ings, I play Mel, and you can blame me for all the horrible things that the other two say. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, <All> Phil. Right. <laughs> the very first question goes to both Eric and Zach. I would like to know, you know, how exactly has been the process of becoming a voice actor for both of you? Oh, boy. Uh, how much time do we have again? <laughs> yeah. Not an easy um, question to answer. I'll try to abridge this as much as possible. Basically, it started with I went to college to become an artist. Uh, that fell through. In my sophomore year, I wandered into the theater department and lived there until I graduated, more or less. And then after I graduated, I moved to an area where there really wasn't any theater. So I was going a little bit stir crazy, didn't really have any means of performing anymore. And it was really driving me nuts. And then a buddy of mine told me about this online uh, voice acting community. And I was like, oh, that sounds kind of fun. Uh, I had just watched the Behind the Actors Studio interview with the entire cast of The Simpsons and seeing all six of them up there on stage doing all their different characters to the delight of the audience was really great for me and really inspiring for me. So it just kind of clicked and I decided, eh, we'll give this whole voice acting thing a shot. And that was almost <laughs> six years ago now. And I, wow. I started doing it. Uh, I found that I liked it and I've just been kind of climbing my way up the ladder ever since. For me, it started with a lot of actual live performance. I've done theater and stand-up comedy and improvisational theater and stuff like that. And it occurred to me that it really all came back to voice. I've always been very interested in cartoons. I've actually never stopped watching cartoons. And now that my daughter is, you know, she's like 18. She's going to be 18 soon. So she and I... Oh, she's can... still a child. Yeah, she's still a child. But we, we've <laughs> always watched cartoons. But now she's... Please don't let her... Let her listen to this. No, she'll, she'll, yeah, boy, kidding me? <laughs> hey, I'm 27 and I'm still a child. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> she is perfectly fine with being a child, but we can watch a, kind of an expanded collection of animation. I don't have to keep it as wholesome and friendly. And there's a lot of weird things out in the world. Um, oh, and yeah. it's, it's, it's always fascinated me. For me, I'm fortunate enough to be in a position where I work for a large corporation, but they have a large uh, electronic delivery education. So my whole entire life is voiceover in one way or another. I'm fortunate enough to be able to do stuff like Phil's remarkable game. But really, throughout the day, every day, I'm in front of a microphone. I'm either recording me or recording somebody else. How about you, Phil? Was this your first time? It is my first time, yeah. It was born out of necessity, rather than uh, desire to perform. I knew the kind of character that I wanted Mel to be, and I had a very uh, a very definite sense of the way I wanted his voice to be, and I suppose he was the character that I most associated with, most understood the lines, and tried lots of voice actors, but couldn't find anyone who quite understood the character. And I suppose part of the problem is most video game voice actors are American, and an American voice actor was not going to get Mel. When I was looking around for British voice actors, most of them don't have experience with video games so they're coming in from a sort of a corporate background they've done radio they've done advertising 
and they didn't really pick up on on Mel or the fact that you've got a really good voice doesn't necessarily make you a really good actor. Doing corporate stuff is is not quite the same. So I figured, being as I knew Mel and I knew the lines and understood how they were supposed to work, I'd give it a try until someone better came along, and it ended up in the final version. Um, so this question goes to Zach, Eric, and Phil. Do you need some sort of mental preparation to get into your characters? For example, could we actually see a dialogue between Kyle and the Patriots right now? Uh, yeah, Kyle is Kyle's pretty easy for me. And I was talking to the guys who were playing, they were playing on Steam. I was watching a live view of people actually playing the game. And in the course of talking to them, and even though I was typing, I was listening to Kyle and I was like, Ugh, I just want to talk like Kyle. <laughs> It really doesn't take a lot for me to start talking like this. What about you? Really takes like he takes like no preparation for me. It's just basically like every bad thought I've ever had <laughs> compressed into like one character. And I mean, you know, we all have you know these thoughts. We all occasionally have you know bad thoughts about other people, but we never act on them because we're decent people. Whereas the Patriot just hacks on anything that comes to his mind. I'm in a call with a bunch of filthy immigrants. <laughs> They're trying to come over here and take all of our voiceover jobs. Well, I won't stand for it. <laughs> that was a little bit disturbing. That's to be in my nightmare. I, it's so fun because, like, I love playing mean characters. They're so fun to play. Just a complete departure from me as a person, and I think that's even more fun to do than a character who's closer to, you know, who I am as a person. It's so fun. Yeah, and actually, that was the that was the interesting thing when um, when Phil was was first talking to me about playing Kyle. I was like, you know, I can do a superhero voice too, but then I realized that there's such a massive difference between who the Patriot is and who Kyle is. Is this it? One of the things I call my attention the most and I think we, we talked a little bit about this in the last podcast is that for the first time I get to see that one person is played by two different people not even on TV you actually get to see something this drastic because the voices are very different it's not something that is so obvious at first but it's something that you actually get to identify with the characters you play along I think that actually needed to happen I, I think that that was the right call they, they don't even it's not even it's almost like they don't even have a different persona it's a, it's a different guy it's a yes, totally completely. different person so having two people voice it I think was the right call there have been a lot of roles like the different shades of Eve or something like that that movie from way back when where you had one actress playing three different personalities and with voiceover you do have much more opportunity to do that I mean I mentioned the Simpsons earlier you have you know six people playing God knows how many characters at this point and that's what I really love about voiceover is that there are no limitations to what you can do as a voice actor you can audition for as many characters as you want and play as many characters as you want and that that, for me, is why I prefer this to, like, any other mode of performance. And it also doesn't matter what you look like. <laughs> Thank God for that. <laughs> and I'm not even talking about necessarily aesthetically pleasing. I'm just saying your look might not be right for the role, but in this, it, it, it doesn't matter. Hey, face for radio, as they say. <laughs> <laughs> I've so got an upper body for radio. <laughs> Phil, as a game designer, what exactly were you looking for when you were searching for someone to voice both Kyle and the Patriot? The Purple Patriot, I had a really, really clear idea of. I knew he, he was going to be really brash and loud. He was just going to love the sound of his own voice. I, I don't know. Sometimes I think I was suffering some sort of mental breakdown because I, I could definitely hear the Patriot's voice in my head. Just while I was writing it, it was almost as though I'd write the other character's lines and then the Patriot 
spirit would actually be speaking inside my head. I could actually hear his voice. I, I probably should see someone uh, about that. Is Zach your next door neighbor? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if Zach remembers, but there, there was a particular character that I heard uh, on on Zach's voice reel. Mm -hmm. um, I remember it. Yeah, it, it was a, it was a sort of a, a superhero type of character, and yeah. it was just exactly what the Patriot sounded like in my head. That was him. I remember the idea behind that line on my demo because I had done something like that for a different character, which never got released, unfortunately. And the idea of it was just kind of to show off more vocal projection, a very loud sort of old timey radio, like a superhero voice you might hear on like, you know, the golden age of radio way back when just that sort of vibe. And I'm really glad that it carried over into a really modern character like the Purple Patriot, although he is obviously very old fashioned just in his temperance and his biases. So, you know, in that sense, yeah, I'm really happy that it did fit. And Kyle, I had a general sense of Kyle. It, it wasn't quite so specific. I was prepared to listen to various voices and find the one that, that suited the character best. In the back of my mind all the time, I had this sense that he was going to sound, uh, again, I think we might have touched on this in the previous podcast. I had this sense that Kyle was going to have a little bit of the Keanu Reeves, Bill and Ted. Oh, that's right, we did. Yeah, I didn't really convey that to anyone. Eric probably remembers better than, than I do, but I don't think I actually said to Eric, he should sound like Keanu Reeves. I think it was Eric that said to me, I, I gave him the lines, gave him a sense of like a sort of quite lazy surf bum type of character. Uh, and I think it was Eric that said to me, oh, I get it, I get it. You want someone who sounds a bit like that sort of Keanu Reeves, Bill and Ted. And I thought, right, okay, this guy gets the character. I haven't even had to explain it to him. So that's when I knew that I had Kyle. So does that mean we can hear Eric say some of Keanu's famous words? The one that I like saying the most as Keanu, and it just slipped out of my mind. Um, of course. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, it sounds like a really good deal, but I've got a better idea. How about I give you the finger and you give me my phone call? <laughs> Kyle is a little bit more on the on the Bill and Ted side, but Keanu doesn't move around a lot out of that range. Unless you've seen John Wick. Now, John Wick was a different Keanu, and that's a totally different No, he was person, kicking but... ass. And oh, my in. God. That is that just was, about my that favorite was so not Keanu. <laughs> I love seeing Keanu come up and, and be on top again. I like that. Killing everyone? Yeah. <laughs> Let's just never, ever cast him in Shakespeare ever again, please. <laughs> <laughs> or Dracula. Oh, God. Oh, God, Dracula. I've forgotten. If you had only three words to describe your own character, what would they be? Only three. For me, that's actually really easy. Obnoxious. <laughs> bigots. <laughs> douchebag. <laughs> yeah. Those are my three words. And, Bam, done. And Kyle is just the exact opposite of that. Soft, round, nice. Round, I like that one. He's yeah, round. very descriptive. He's round <laughs> in the way he walks. He's round in the way he thinks. You know, he's just a nice... I told someone who was asking me about him how much I enjoyed playing him because he's such a nice dope. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's a good description. What about Mel? Mel, it, again, it, it's, it's really easy. Three words, sarcastic, sarcastic, sarcastic. <laughs> 
and it's one, really. Eric, what do you think about the Purple Patriot? I found the transition from himself to the Purple Patriot, it really depressed me. I believe I talked to Phil about this. It, it made me really sad. The end of episode one into the beginning of episode two, actually what goes on in episode two, where you only see Kyle a little bit, it, it really made me feel bad. It made Did me Did you see that the, he actually sad. chose to become the Patriot because yeah. there's a part in which actually Melvin is talking to him like, well, wait, just go and change. And he's like, no, you know, I'm just going to stay like this. Yeah, I, I don't like the Patriot, but it's only because I liked Kyle so much. Yeah, the Purple Patriot has this very special effect that we just love to hate him. And, you know, it's, it just comes naturally. Hopefully we'll see more of uh, Kyle's roundness. If he shows up at all, you'll see more of his roundness. <laughs> <laughs> Zach, what was your reaction when Phil showed you the script? My yeah. first thought was, ooh, this is going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> it was like I said, I love playing jerks, and Phil handed me a gold mine of a script <laughs> in that regard. So I was really, like, I was really excited, honestly. Will we ever see an episode where both sides will try to fight for control? Who would win? And can you actually ad-lib that right now? Of course I'd win. Kyle's a wuss. Yeah, I think he'd probably win, because I'm a little tired right now. Ha! The Purple Patriot reigns supreme! Ha 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 ha! Oh, okay. I just tore my trousers. <laughs> I've torn my trousers as well. I repair them with duct tape. Oh, no. That's not a bad idea. Mel, got any duct tape? Yeah, mate. <sighs> Keep a spare reel every time you split your trousers. Better boy, old chum. I know there's a reason I keep you around. <laughs> Patriot is very forceful and, and in your face. Kyle is very much not that. So I would love to see how you could possibly write the two sides of the personality fighting for control of the player character with Kyle being as laid back as he is. I think you would There definitely you have to give Kyle a reason. He'd need something that he wouldn't just automatically be able to to fight on the, on the level that the Purple Patriot can. He'd have to have something major happen to him that meant he needed to fight for the body. So uh, they they, they slide over a cheeseburger from the heart attack grill. <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> so Phil, are we really going to see more of Kyle in season two? I don't want to give away any uh, spoilers, but it's safe to say that Kyle and the Patriot both definitely have a stake in the body. Uh, definitely going to uh, come back again, both together or separately. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that, that was a nice spoiler right there. So last but not least, Supreme mm. League of Patriots is done for now. At least, you know, the first season. So I want to ask you guys, are you actively taking on new projects right now? I'm always taking on new projects. I've just finished four audiobooks in a row, and commercials, stuff online, other video games. I always have something going on. If anybody would like to know anything more, you can uh, always check my Twitter at ericfoxvox.com uh, is my website, or ericfoxvox on Twitter. Pretty much the same for me. I'm always working on stuff. Uh, I really kind of hit the ground running at the beginning of this year as far as momentum with voiceover. Like, this came out. I got a whole bunch of other things coming up on the horizon, um, making new voiceover demos, lots of stuff, lots and lots of stuff. You know, if you want to keep up on what I'm doing, I got, uh, can be found at Apatheria VA on Twitter. Any inquiries can be directed at ZachHolzmanVoices at gmail.com. And yeah, I'm always doing stuff. Have a Purple Patriot fan mail.
Oh, God, a purple Patriots letter. <laughs> Even he must you know, get letters. Uh, I'd honestly love to somewhat incorporate, like, the purple Patriot as, as more than just, you know, a line in a resume. Maybe get, like, a picture of him somewhere. Because, God, that'd be fun. Figuring out, like, a sneaky way to sneak him in. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Anything else you would like to add? This no, was fun. Just, thank you. I just you. wanted to uh, thank Phil again for the opportunity. It was a, a great run, and I certainly hope we see all of us again. Mm-hmm. I'm sure all we right. will. Thank, thank you, you Phil. Thank, thank you, you Eric. Thank you, Zach. You guys you. have been wonderful, and hopefully we'll get to see more of you coming back for a season two. Part of their own purple extravaganza here could not be complete without bringing along two of her very own favorite characters. From Supreme League of Patriots, we continue talking with Phil Ings, and now we welcome Lucas Schunemann and Santa Espinosa. Uh, my name is Lucas Schunemann, and I'm a voice actor out of uh, Chicago. It's, it's close. It's close. <laughs> I'm out of Chicago, Illinois, USA, even though I do not like the USA that much because I am the Cold War warrior. <laughs> and a number of just unnamed Russians that you maybe might find in episode three. <laughs> And uh, I am Sandra Espinoza. I am a voice actor based out of uh, New York City, the city where uh, Supreme League of Patriots is wonderfully cast and takes place in. And I play the part of Consuela Hasta Luego, who, to much to her consternation, has to deal with the Purple Patriot being a chauvinistic... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for censoring there. <laughs> I, I would say what he is, but uh, it's uh, censoring issues, I think, with the words I'd like to use. Before we get started here, there is something I need to say. You all have been just wonderful to work with. I mean, your support and kindness via social media is just one of those many reasons why we love to work with any talent like you. Guys. Thank well, you. thank you very much. Just uh, just a great project to be involved with. And um, for me, I just I love the fact that once I started looking at the script, which I had to go back in my records and look, uh, Phil actually brought me on board back in mid-November 2013. And, you know, here we are, and, and as we record this, I guess, February 2015, and, you know, wow, the amount of time that, that Phil has taken to polish up this product, it's it, it, it pays off so well. And back then when I saw it, I just saw the script, and I was like, I want to be a part of this. <laughs> Because it was so, it was so good. It was. I love good writing, and I kind of felt that kind of uh, Lucas Arts touch, the Monkey Island, yeah, Sam and Max does. kind of humor. Love that stuff, and I'm a, I'm a big fan. As a Lucas myself, I love the Lucas Arts style. You two have got a portfolio longer than we have time in this podcast. For. I would love if you guys could share some of your most memorable experiences as voice actors. I got my start in, in uh, voice acting on online media and just basic videos like YouTube videos, machinimas back in 2011. And that started with a, a project that I did for a friend uh, who was working on basically what were supposed to be female swap outs for us squins that were supposed to be swap outs for TF2 characters. And I basically took it on thinking, wow, this artwork is amazing. If we could use this in game, this would be phenomenal. Oh, wait a minute. It 
needs a voice, doesn't it? I have nothing to do with my little life. So I set to work making uh, a full swap out for the audio for that game for a mod. And it got a, it got really popular. And that was kind of my baby for a while as I was still taking classes and developing my craft. And I would say the most notable experience I've had up to date would probably be this game only because this is the longest role I've ever had um, in terms of just the, the, the volume of lines I've had to do, which was just awesome for me because, as Lucas said, the, the writing in this game is just paramount. It is the best writing I have ever come across, whether the subject is comedy or, or anything else. And it literally just had me laughing at every page turn when I was going through my lines. I was thinking, wow, I and these are just my lines. I can't wait to, like, when the game comes out and I can see all the other jokes, all the other quips that are going to come out of this one. So I really have a strong connection with this. I, I loved how, that it's released so successfully. And I, I particularly love just the writing, just how well all the characters play off each other. And it doesn't feel like that typical point and click adventure kind of back and forth where you could be clicking over and over. I, I love point and click adventures. So I was kind of like, I heavily judge things like that, overused tropes like that, and that it was trying to make a conscious direction away from that was so refreshing. And it makes me really proud to be a part of this one. Agree, agree a lot with what you're saying. Uh, absolutely. Aww. Writing awesome and to see how everything came out because, of course, you read it uh, when you read the script. You have an image in your mind of what it is. You might have, if you're lucky, you might get a picture of the character that you're portraying, but you don't see the finished product and you don't know about the editing and the uh, the animation. And uh, if your character even moves, you might just have like a still frame of your character just kind of up there doing your thing. So it to see the finished product is so, so awesome. So I started to talk to the people who were doing cartoons and anime and that kind of thing. And this person sent me this person and that person this over and over and over. And then suddenly I found myself working with voice coaches and teachers and somebody started a Facebook group and then somebody got an audition on that Facebook group. That's how I kind of got my first audition. That happened to be for a strategy PC game, Tropico. Sim City with Fidel Castro, basically. <laughs> and that led to just uh, roll after roll after roll after roll after roll. I ended up getting a Tropical 4. I'm your communist advisor, and I have a very bad Spanish accent. It is nowhere near Consuelas. I'm a Chinese representative. And then I'm another Russian. Yes, in a DLC. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm General Igor Fedorov, and I would like to tell you about how to bomb these people. <laughs> You're <Yes>. too excited. <laughs> Up till that point in time, that was one of my very first roles. And in the space of, see, uh, four and a half years, uh, I've kicked out at 46 video games and six mobile apps to date. I love those kind of things. And so thinking games have always been kind of had, had a heart for me. And I've always loved puns and just dry mm. wit. And so when I saw the script from Phil, it was just like, I gotta get a part of this. Thank God I have a Russian <laughs> accent in the toolbox. So I was just really, really happy about it. I think I owe Sandra and Lucas a lot of money for all the nice things they're saying about the game. It, 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 <laughs> oh, don't worry. The bill's coming. The bill's coming. Don't worry. <laughs> Phil, what were you looking exactly when you were searching for someone to voice both Consuela and the Cold War warrior? Actually, it was completely different with the two different characters. In the case of Consuela, I had a very clear vision of what her purpose was in the game, and her purpose was to aggravate the Purple Patriot as much as possible. She had to be a thorn in his side at every turn, something to just just to get his uh, his chauvinistic side to the forefront. And I, and I had a, a sense of the voice being a bit like, do you know Gloria Pritchett in Modern Family? 
Yeah, yeah, I do. Uh, oh yeah, love her. That was in your original um, pitch to me. You referenced that, and I was like, "Oh, I know exactly how she proposed to sound." <laughs> yeah, that that sort of quite harsh uh, sort of speaking. I, I was going through lots and lots of uh, portfolios looking for someone who I thought had the right voice. Sandra, I picked out uh, the same way that I picked out Zach and Eric for the Patriot and for Kyle identified the person that I wanted to do the voice and uh, approached Sandra and she did a little audition and sure enough it was fantastic. You know, I've got to say that I was pleasantly surprised with Consuela, you know, as a Latina myself. I just can't help with it, <laughs> just adore her. It's like, I never even expected to see we're such as, you know, pendejo in a point and quake game. I mean, come on. Neither I did <laughs> I, to be honest. And I did the audition and I believe that was one of the lines that I had to do and I was a little bit taken aback. I'm like, can I say this? I, I, I mean, I know I I can say it. But no, I know. It's just, I love it. But I love that about her. I, I love that it pushes that boundary. I yes. love that she's, no, I wouldn't want to say vulgar. That kind of feels like it goes a little bit over. No, she's, she's classy. She's a little bit but... sassy there. She's, 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 you know, passionate. The word you're looking for is Spitfire. <laughs> <laughs> What about the Cold War Warrior selection process? Was it the same? No, Cold War Warrior was the only uh, audition that I actually did a completely open audition for. I went through all the portfolios, couldn't find anyone who did a voice that made me think they can do Cold War Warrior. So I put it out to tender. I think I got about 80, 85 different auditions, ranging in dramatically in quality. Uh, some were fantastic, some were decent, and there's one that I'm never going to forget as long as I live. And God, I wish I could. <laughs> There was, there was a line that that, uh, that I gave uh, Lucas to read in the audition. It was from, you know, I, I remember it was from, it was from the KGB thing when he was talking about, like, that he used to be part of the KGB. Yes, that's, that's exactly the line, yes. And uh, this chap, I don't know where he was from, I'm not an expert on accents, but if he was from Georgia, it wasn't the former Soviet Republic of Georgia, it was Atlanta, Georgia. <laughs> Oh, poor lamb. Uh, and he had to deliver this voice, and I, I believe... We want to be from the KGB. <laughs> it was something along the lines of this. When I was senior agent in KGB during Cold War, I was expected to kill anyone who disagreed with Soviet government. Wow, there's just a slight hint of your real accent coming through on that line. But Lucas absolutely nailed it. He had the pauses. The thing that a lot of people couldn't get with Cold War Warrior was that it was important that he didn't have good grammar. It was important that he dropped words oh, here and there and that he uses the wrong tense for certain words here and there. Uh, and Lucas really got that, and his audition but my absolutely My mother loves my English. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, this next question goes to Sandra. Uh, do you need mental preparation to get into your roles? How would you describe the role your character plays into the story of the game? As far as Consuelo is concerned, initially I thought, well, this is supposed to be clearly an antagonist character, and I, I don't like too much confrontation. I mean, I don't like to get stepped on, but clearly she has no boundaries when it comes to defending herself. So that much, I, I kind of had to loosen up a little bit. But beyond that, it was almost like cookie cutter, just just made for me. Like this is my hole. This was me. <laughs> this is this was it was made for me because I I am Peruvian myself. I didn't know that in the uh, initial email uh, where Phil explained to me who the character was and what she was about. Uh, I just knew that she was Latina. So I thought, well, I could do that. And later on. 
in the script, uh, I found out that she was Peruvian. As I'm playing the game, I'm hearing the pan pipes, and I'm like, oh, wow, this is just too <laughs> uncanny valley. Um, and, like, I, I was kind of proud about that. I was like, Daddy, Daddy, look at the game I'm in. Like, 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 and he doesn't get it because he's, like, nearing 70. But still, he's like, oh, they're Peruvian? That's great for us. That's like a notch in our belt. So I, that part, kind of like the, the racial pride, was like, oh, yeah, awesome. And I just love that she's ready to take down the Purple Patriot down a notch. Absolutely. <laughs> Lucas, same question. Do you need preparation to get into your character? How would you describe the role he plays in the game? When it comes to mental preparation, I have a little trick for Cold War Warrior because he's Russian. When I was 13 years old, my, my theater uh, group at my high school, I would see this, this play that was going on. It was a local play and a whole bunch of other theater people from a whole bunch of other high schools were there and saw the show. And after it was all done, the actors came out and we had a little question and answer session and people just kind of yelled out questions and they answered them. It was very, very nice. But one of the questions somebody asked were about accents and one of the actors on stage said, you got to kind of develop your own little trick to kind of get into an accent. And then he used an example of how he gets into a Russian accent and his trick. And I'm not lying to you because this is what I've been doing since I was 13. He said he uses and here comes the secret a lazy boy recliner that's it he thinks about being in a lazy boy recliner because when you are in a lazy boy recliner you are very very content and very slow talking maybe you have a glass of vodka in one hand you have tv remote in another your speech becomes slower because you don't talk fast when you are in lazy boy recliner <laughs> so everything starts to slow down and then that's my foundation for every time i've had to do a russian voice and i know when i had to do deus ex the deus ex the fall there was a character that needed to be russian but he was like a, a russian hacker and his life was being threatened so he was like hey please do not i do not want to die i do not want to die please put the gun down so even then, when his life was being threatened, he wasn't talking really, really, really fast. It was still just very controlled, but I do not want to die. The speech was slower than how I would probably normally do it without the Russian accent. So, you know, you say mental preparation. Well, for me, it's just, again, I just kind of go into my Lazy Boy recliner and boom, it's like a switch. And apparently it's been good enough to get me a couple of games because I think... Supreme League of Patriots is fifth, sixth, seventh game or something like that in, that I've done that has a Russian character in it. At least one. And as far as just the character itself goes, <laughs> I'm just the quintessential bad guy. I, I have a deep voice, and so I'm very, I'm very kind of, you know, just a play of a villain and a bad guy and a monster. And I'm just always kind of going down there. Throw that in with the Cold War warrior while he's uh, chilling out in the Lazy Boy recliner. <laughs> <laughs> All right, another question here. I did ask the same question to Eric and Zach before, and I would like to hear from you too. If you had three words to describe your character, what would they be? Well, if I had to describe Consuela in three words, one of them would definitely be caustic. I, yeah. I feel like she's got that bite to her that that's definitely that would apply. Determined. Uh, I like how she makes the shift over later in the game, but she she doesn't let anything keep her down, and uh, she's pretty fierce, I guess, is the other word. I mean, that goes back to Caustic, and I think that's a quality that is important for somebody in her lot in life, having to deal with people like the Purple Patriot being chauvinistic pigs and, and racist. whatnot. And racist and as hell. Like and the Zena's double one, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a double whammy for her, so she definitely needs that quality. She can't be a shrinking violet, so definitely have to have her wits about her. So I, I like that about her. 
How about you, Lucas? I would like to say vindictive. I want to avoid any kind of cold jokes or anything. Um, <laughs> Rigid. Vind- but I think uh, vindictive. I was going to say short, but I mean like short with his word. So I think terse would probably be a good word to use, actually. And unforgiving. Not to give away stuff that happens for people who haven't played it, but you got to play all the way through to episode three to see yeah. how vindictive, terse, and unforgiving yeah, he could to be. Yeah, see how, how he changes. <laughs> There's a lot of transformation for both Gonzuela and the Cold War warrior. Oh, boy. Now, what do you guys think of the Purple Patriot? Because everybody has an opinion. I love him. He's just so great to hate. I don't think there's been exactly. a character. <laughs> yes! That's I don't the think there's been a character, it. you know, yeah, like where a you... Point and click kind of a thing point and click where you have to... Where it's based a lot on character interaction. That that has me love seeing him fail. I loved it because the way he fails is so endearing in a way because he still has that... He still retains that kind of lovable quality from Kyle. That kind of like, aw, look at the babe in the woods. Yeah, he doesn't Kyle's get it. There, it's just that... Purple Patriot is just so obnoxious. He's, yeah, he's obnoxious, and it gives way to, like, this innocence in a way, this naivete, but it's handled negatively. So it it just results in this great love-hate relationship. I think he's hilarious. And I think one of the other good things about the Purple Patriot, the character itself, is that you don't take him seriously at all. So since both the Cold War Warrior and Consuelo dislike the Purple Patriot, what would a dialogue between the two be like? She's actually the Magma Maiden. I dated her once. Ah, yes! What a wonderful plot twist that would be. That would have been awesome. She's a Spitfire, after all. Maybe that's um, up in season two. I actually two. did want to uh, come in and, yeah, you know what? I think I think there needs to be a prequel thing where uh, Cold War Warrior comes in and goes, yes, I'd like to audition for um, America's Got Superpowers. Um, I would like to choose a name for myself. How about uh, Killer of Bourgeoisie Ideals? <laughs> Something about that is doesn't sound like it's going to fly with the sensors. Oh, that's Russian. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) You got me doing it with the lazy boy recliner. (laughs) It's contagious. Mental preparation. (laughs) You see, you did not know about my hypnosis powers. Yes. Do you think there is a future for Consuela and Cold War Warrior? I shiver. Well, Consuela absolutely has to come back because she's by far the character that the Purple Patriot is most afraid of. Cold War Warrior is theoretically, with his superpowers, he should be a a really dangerous foe. But to the Purple Patriot, Consuela is far, far more intimidating. So she definitely has to come back. Cold War Warrior... I don't want to uh, give too much away. Uh... Yeah, episode three was was kind of a game changer of the whole story. Yeah, absolutely. Again, without giving too much away, there is <laughs> we we are building up to something in in the second season where characters who perhaps you didn't think you would see again, there there is an opportunity that they might crop up again. I think we might we might see the Cold War Warrior as well. You guys are amazing. Thank you for being here and thank you for spending time with us. Thank you. you. Thank you. Thanks for having us. makes it really difficult to hit on the Purple Patriot. And all things considered, you know, I am very thankful everyone managed to find a way to find time for us. They've been pretty wonderful. 
I'm just happy we managed to get both Kyle and the Patriot in the same room. <laughs> Can you imagine if Mel had to put up with both of them at the same time? Yeah, couldn't either. <laughs> <laughs> We're currently preparing to publish another game. We just officially announced a morning star at the Sun to Dead Rock. And well, yeah, you know, the game looks amazing and everything, but I already feel like like I'm missing the Supreme League of Patriots. Like, you know, I miss my dark. <laughs> There is this feeling that you get when you finish, you know, a great manga or, you know, a, a long anime series that you just don't know what to do with yourself. That's where I am right now. Feel made this project absolutely remarkable and, you know, I have had so much fun working with this. Well, Sai, you could always start writing your own Supreme League of Patriots fanfiction. Mine's called Day of Our Lives Patriotic Edition. Now <laughs> that's an idea. <laughs> I think critical indie gamers said it best, Supreme League of Patriots is both the cynical point-and-click hero you need and deserve. Plus, I love a good Batman reference. <laughs> and we can't wrap this up without sharing our best moments throughout this purple journey. What is that one thing you take away from all of this, Gans? It's always carry a spare pair of tights. After so much dismemberment and murder, I, I think working with Supreme League of Patriots was just refreshing. You know, now the Purple Patriot is uh, my top three favorite jerks. So, and, and I have to say, you know, the game presents a few topics that get to me on a personal level. So I, I am kind of glad it does. It, it opens up conversations that I believe should be had. Yeah, the power of satire can approach powerful topics while still making you laugh. And remember, all three episodes of Supreme League of Patriots are available now on Steam, GOG, and our very own Phoenix Online Store. By purchasing the game, you also received your original soundtrack and a printable character card. Happy to be able to bring Purple into the world. Thank you all for listening. Special thanks to Phil Ings. Without his creativity, time, and patience, none of this will have happened. Thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs>